Hi, friends, and welcome inside Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. We are live for the John Stigelmeyer Radio Show as the top-ranked team in the football championship subdivision, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, winning their eighth consecutive game, an impressive Hobo Day victory over the Indiana State Sycamores on Saturday. We will recap that and look ahead to the final road game of the regular season for the Yellow and Blue coming up in the Unidome in Cedar Falls, Iowa on Saturday as SDSU takes on the University of Northern Iowa Panthers. Kickoff at 4 o'clock. Radio coverage starts at 2. I'm Tyler Merriam, joined by the head coach of SDSU, John Stiglmeyer. Happy Halloween, coach. It is a happy Halloween. And a happy post-Hobo Day as well. What a day it was for the Jackrabbits. I mean, the parade was a Division One parade, and it was very <laughs> well done. You'd be amazed how many comments I got about that, coach. Well, it just shows you the listenership we have. I mean, everybody's tuned in. That you know? was why you did it, wasn't it? Yes, See, yes. You, you just, just had it in your feed, mind. We want way. feedback. Yes. Well, and, and then to come out the way you did, and uh, like we joked about afterwards, not that you have to have a fast start to win a football game. You've shown us that you don't have to in previous weeks, but it's a lot easier when you jump out to a nice lead. You played really, really well from the word go on Saturday. Yeah, every phase. The one uh, hiccup was the, the fake punt, uh, but they had the perfect call versus our call, and so credit to them. Uh, but they, let's go back to Hobo Day. Let's go back to the, the what I understood was, was an unbelievable parade and attendance, and then the crowd we couldn't ask for more. Maybe 300 more, but we can't ask for more than that. Un unbelievable. Yeah, over 19,000. Again, two of the three largest attendances. And when you look at it again, this is two of the three most attended football games in either of the two Dakotas ever. The last two home football games South Dakota State has had. So Jackrabbit Nation has come out in full force. And again, great atmospheres. Not just having people there, but they're having fun. They're making an impact on the football game. It's it's what you want to see. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's it's uh, you know, co coaches are, are I'm famous, I guess, are uh, known for not. And it's never good enough. This has been beyond good enough. I mean, it's been tremendous. Uh, our players love it. They appreciate it. Our coaching staff, families, all that, you know, administration, our ticket sales, all that, all those things, uh, very appreciative of the sport and the energy they bring, like you pointed out. And I've heard so many comments, too, from people because you and I don't get many opportunities, or if we are in the backyard, it's just for a fleeting moment. You don't get time to really take it in. But people have talked about just what that area has been like and, and that it's it continues to grow. People are hanging around longer, but then when it's time to go, half of them aren't leaving to go someplace else. They're all coming into the football game, that environment continues to uh, really reach another level. Yeah, and, and and you maybe don't go out there, but I go out to the tailgate. I, I love the traditions but out there. You can only be out there for so long. Well, though. I had a chili dog. I got some deer st or beef sticks, a chili dog back there. I get, uh, get a ceremonial Coca-Cola well, from Verge Pollock. So. I, I did hear from somebody, they were wondering in the locker room where you were for the pregame speech. I guess we got our answer. Well, I wait till halftime. Oh, okay, all right, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but what an atmosphere on Saturday. And, again, offensively, defensively, you mentioned there, there was the one fake punt. But uh, uh, all in all, just a, a solid win. And now that's eight consecutive wins, which in the Division One era, the longest win streak by a Jackrabbit football team. All phases of the game just played really, really well in. Yeah, we did. And, and uh, Indiana State's a good football team. Yeah. So, you know, when you say that, uh, kind of 
secretively, subliminally, we're saying we're a pretty good football team too. And and, and when you execute with the guys we have and, and the coaches we have teaching them and the plans we have, uh, we can play at a really high level. Yeah, and the first four Valley games, Indiana State's losses were by a combined 23 points. Then you beat them by 42 on Saturday. It certainly does make a statement. We have a busy show today. We've got uh, a couple of special guests with us. They are. Yeah, safety, uh, Chase Norblade, and then his coach, uh, Jesse Bobbitt, safety coach and recruiting coordinator. We'll talk to both them coming up in just a moment. First up, our affiliate of the week, Magic 93. It's what I grew up with back in Pier, but it's actually in winter. It was one of the stations we listened to in high school. But uh, KWIR FM 93.7, a member of our Jackrabbit Sports Network family. So do they play, you listen to it, do they play rock well, music or country I think they've music? changed. At the time, it was rock music. I don't know what they're playing these days. So, but 40 years ago, it was different. Than, wow. Wow. So, so. Wow. Hey, 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 let's talk about Winter's radio station, right? Wow. Uh, I love, uh, first of all, I love the city of Winter. We've always done uh, football camps there in the early years. And the football very stadium is named what? Uh, I don't know that. The Leahy Bowl. Yeah, it is. It is. After Frank Leahy. Yeah, I did know that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love Winter, and thanks for the sport. So. <laughs> Anything else about Winter we want to touch on? Uh, Crockett Krolikowski, Crockett Krolikowski, <laughs> and Seth Daughters are some uh, very memorable guys. Winners had some pretty good athletes come through there. They, they well, they've, they've got, uh, yeah, they've got a really good yeah. football program. They definitely do. Well, you've got a good football program, too. You're number one in the country. We do. We do. I'm proud of our guys. Uh, you should be. We'll talk more about the win over Indiana State preview, you and I. And uh, which one's going first, Chase or Jesse? Chase's. All right, Chase Norblade's coming up when the John Stigelmeyer radio show continues. We are live from Cubby's Sports Bar and Grill. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back inside Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. The John Stigelmeyer radio show on this Halloween Monday night is on the air, brought to you in part by First Bank and Trust. Let's be real, you earn, you save, you plan, and you protect. First Bank and Trust offers smart and savvy financial solutions for where you are now and where you want to go. First Bank and Trust, it's real banking, real easy, a member FDIC. All right, joining us, uh, the last senior on the team. We haven't gotten to him yet. We saved the best for last. Number 35, <laughs> roaming the secondary as a safety for the Jackrabbits. Please welcome Chase Norblade, everybody. Thank you, Travis. Chase, how Thanks are so you, much. bud? Good, doing good. It's good to have you down here. It's good to see you out on the field as well. And we joked yeah. a little about this off air, but uh, uh, it's kind of been every week when we talk with Jimmy Rogers, defensive coordinator. How's Chase doing? Is he going to be able to go this week? And then mm -hmm. you'd go and then have a setback. What's this year been like for you, trying to stay healthy? Uh, you know, it's been a really weird year, just up and down. You know, I thought uh, I was going to be back for that second game, then I got COVID, and then third game pulled my hamstring. So it's been up and down, but it's been really cool to see those guys step up and kind of felt like a dad, you know, seeing those uh, uh, younger safeties uh, get after it. And it's just been really cool that no role or game has been too big for them. So just been really proud of those guys. You are not old enough to feel like that, <laughs> all right, my friend? Uh, but this defense, 20 different starters mm -hmm. on defense, and we've talked about it with a lot of guys that have sat in that chair this year. What is it about this defense that it doesn't seem to matter which guys are out there, the results are still there? I think it just comes down to preparation, and that's credit to not just the players but the coaches. You know, they keep us – prepared each week and not just from the starters but every player so uh, they know that everybody is going to have to be ready no matter what and yeah I think everybody just deserves the credit it's not just one thing. Papillion Nebraska. That's right. All right tell me about growing up. Uh, growing up uh, I don't know sports were just always a big deal to me uh, in my family my dad played a uh, quarterback at Kearney Nebraska and 
it's just always been a huge part of my life uh I always just looked up to all the older guys and just always tried to hang around them and be as good as I could be and kind of uh I always had these uh neighbors and they just always be be up in backyard football so that was always kind of just how I got to be here I am now I guess what was the path that led you to South Dakota State uh it's kind of interesting so my freshman year well technically my senior year in high school the there was about four or five um guys from my high school that were already here there was Ryan Arith, Luke Sellers, Josh Manchagaya and uh Kay Johnson but he was uh from Bellevue which I was pretty close with him too but yeah that was just kind of how I always knew I love this place you know I always came up for games not just for visits but just to watch those guys play and I just always knew I wanted to be here what was it it's one thing to see it to talk to those guys but when you're in it what was it that sold you about this place uh, just taking the visits, honestly, and just being up here and actually being able to talk to Coach Stig, and then just, I just love this program. You could tell it was a family aspect. You could tell that it was just, they really do care about you, and then they give everybody a shot. You know, it was my freshman year. I was a walk-on, but they still gave me an opportunity to play right away with fall camp and everything, so I was, was always grateful for that, and I think that was a, why this is such a special place. Well, and you saw it on that end, and now you're seeing it again with some of these guys like yeah. a Tucker Large or a yeah. Matthew Durant. It's interesting how things come full circle. Yeah, exactly, and like I said, I'm just so proud of those guys because they've taken the most with every opportunity they've gotten. So, Tell me about the last couple of home games because you've seen some great atmospheres mm -hmm. at Dana J. Dykow Stadium, but we were sitting here at the top of the broadcast, Stig and I, discussing how it's been ratcheted up to another level. Have you felt that? Oh, yeah, and I've never seen this before. Our fans have been amazing. You know, it's it doesn't matter what game it was, hobo, ga hobo days or whatever. It's just they always show out for us, and we just love their support, and it's been amazing. Couldn't be more grateful for them. All right, let's uh, discuss being number one in the country. What has that meant to you? It's not something that gets talked about a lot, but I'm just curious, as somebody who's been in this program, been following it for a long time, what does it mean? Honestly, I think Mason McCormick honestly said it best after we became NDSU, or after we beat NSU and became the number one seed. It's a cool deal kind of just for the fans and recruiting and everything, but we know that if we lose the next game, it's all gone. So it's all just about being consistent and not really worrying about that outside noise and just staying together and doing our role. Have you had a chance to watch much on you and I yet? Not much. We were just about to do that actually today. So we don't know much about them right now personnel-wise, but, you know, after just playing them for four years, they're physical and they're going to give us our best, especially a senior day, and they're fighting for a playoff spot. And we just know that there's no room for error against any of these teams. For the fans, NDSU and USD are the two rivalries that they tend to cling to because of, certainly with NDSU, everything it means, and you have the in-state rivalry. But it's been so interesting over the years, even before you got here, to watch the SDSU-UNI rivalry mm -hmm. because every year it's a knockdown dragout. Yeah, it's always a battle, you know. And then, like you said before I was here, but my freshman year it was crazy just to see how we played them in the regular season, played them well, and then, you know, they beat us in the second round. So, like I said, there's... There's no room for error against any of these teams in the Missouri Valley, so that's just something we always got to keep in mind. Been two times the Jackson Panthers have played in the postseason. Yep. All right, academically, where are we at? Academically, this is uh, my senior year, but I have some classes I need to finish up right now and then prerequisites that I have to finish for the next fall. So For your major, which is? Business economics. Okay, and what do you want to do with that degree? Um, I'm not really sure. You know, I'm just uh, kind of feeling it out and – just worrying about football right now and getting <laughs> keeping my grades up and 
not really thinking about too far ahead, just getting through everything. You alluded to Jackrabbit Nation, how cool it's been. You have an opportunity here. You've got a great group that's turned out. Yeah. What, what do you say to these folks? Uh, I'm just so happy and blessed that you guys are here. This is crazy. I didn't know what I was going to be walking into, but this is <laughs> – <laughs> this is awesome. You guys are you guys are amazing. So can't thank you guys enough. You could have wore a tie though. I know, <laughs> Coach Bobbitt's up here dressing like Coach Stig, going full uh, Halloween. So I didn't I didn't know that memo. <laughs> we'll discuss that in a moment. Chase Norblade, everybody. Thanks, thank you guys Chase. so much. When the John Stiglmeyer Radio Show continues, the man with the tie, Jesse Bobbitt, joins us, one of the newest assistant coaches on staff. This is the John Stiglmeyer Radio Show. We are live from Cubby Sports Bar and Grill, and you're listening to the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. Happy Halloween from the Jackrabbit Sports Network as we welcome you back to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill and more of the John Stiglmeyer Radio Show here at Cubby's. Want to remind you, of course, uh, that uh, if you are interested, there are still limited numbers of reservations available to watch the football game on Saturday here at Cubby's. But for all the home events before and after the game, you can come to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. In fact, if you're listening, here is your chance to win. Be the third caller to win a $10 gift card at 605-696-7978. A $10 gift card goes to the third caller here at Cubby's, 605 605- Six nine six seven nine seven eight. Your Jackrabbit Game Day Headquarters, Cubby Sports Bar and Grill, site of the John Stiglmeyer Radio Show. I'm Tyler Merriam, and with us, a former Jackrabbit who sat in this chair as a student athlete not that long ago. Now he's one of the new assistant coaches on staff, helping with the recruiting coordination as well as the safeties. Please welcome Jesse Bobbitt, everybody. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you, Jesse. You too. Okay, now... Stig alluded to it. We joked about it with Norblade. There's a story here. For those that can't see, you have a uh, dress shirt on that is rolled up to your elbows. You have a gold tie over that blue shirt. Then you have a light gray, bespectacled, uh, bedazzled uh, sweater vest on as well. There's a story here. You have glasses as well. Yes. There's a story. There's a little bit of a story. What's the story? So this morning I was I was wearing a sweatshirt and, and sweatpants. It was going to be a long day game planning, and Coach Stig came in. Um, and had a tie. And he goes, you know you got to dress up for this, right? And he goes, everyone does. All the coaches wear ties, and they wear this tie. And he was trying to give it to me a little bit, so I decided I'd go home and maybe throw on something and be Coach Dick for Halloween and show up here. So um, I think he was a little surprised when I walked in. But he smirked. He smirked. I hope he's not too upset. Well, he, he's, he's talking with Norblade. He didn't hear anything. Yeah, so I know. It's all that, right. Yeah. He, he just gave us the thumbs up, which means he has <laughs> no idea what we're saying. Now, see, b- based on the wisecracks he was making, I could say you're not nearly gray enough to be Stig, but that would be well <laughs> below anything I would ever say. So uh, I talked about it a little bit. Being a student athlete here at SDSU, uh, coming from the state of Illinois, you were here, had a heck of a career as a jackrabbit. What was it about this place? Um, very similar to what Chase said. You know, coming here, um, I had some places to go in the Missouri Valley as well, but when I came up here uh, – Coach Stig was so genuine. The coaching staff was so genuine, um, and it just—it just felt right. And it's about the people, the support coming here, uh, my family and I, and and seeing the town, and seeing the fans, and seeing uh, the yellow and blue everywhere we went. It was just something special. So even though I could have gone some places that were a couple hours away from home, I decided to go nine hours away from home, and it was the best decision, one of the best decisions of my life for sure. What was your relationship like? Absolutely. What was your relationship like with Jimmy Rogers? 
Uh, we had a good one. So when I initially uh, committed to come here, it was Jay Bubak, who was the linebackers coach. Um, and then when I got a message from him in May, letting me know that he'd be leaving TJ Lally, one of my good buddies who was a player here at the time who hosted me on my visit, reached out and said, hey, I think there's a good chance it might be, you know, Jimmy Rogers. He's an awesome guy. He's a little intense, um, but I, th <laughs> I think you'll I'll have a lot of fun with him. So when I got here and I met uh, Jimmy now, I should say, but Coach Rogers at the time, um, we clicked right away. We're very similar. Um, I think we get along really well, um, and it's it, it was it was awesome. So our relationship has is at a different stage right now, um, but again, it's really cool to kind of see it come first full circle. And I've learned so much from him, and I continue to learn so much from him. So it's it's fun on a, a daily basis, a weekly basis. Um, again, so happy to be back. Did you always want to coach? Yes, uh, for a long time I thought it was teaching at the um, and coaching at the high school level, okay. and I did that when I graduated. So I did that. I graduated, uh, moved down to Omaha, Nebraska, with my now wife, um, a girlfriend at the time. And I was coaching high school ball and teaching, and uh, I wanted more. And so a couple opportunities came open where Coach Stig and uh, Coach Rogers asked me to come back. So it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up and haven't looked back. Spent some time here and then went away for a little while. Yeah, I spent two years at Washington State. I had the opportunity uh, to go work with Jake Dickert. Um, we had connected when I was a graduate assistant here, and he asked if I uh, um, wanted to make a trip out to Wyoming. And in that whole transition of interviewing for a job at Wyoming, he got the D.C. job at Washington State and brought me with. Um, so I can't thank him enough for that opportunity. I was able to grow a ton uh, and learned a lot out there. And Dickert is, of course, now the... He's now the head coach. Now the head coach at Washington State. So yes, interesting uh, tie in there. So what led you back to SDSU? What made you want to come back to Brookings? Um, there's a lot of things. I think um, going away for two years and different experiences, obviously playing here was something special. And to leave and go coach at the high school level, go coach at Washington State, and kind of get a feel for what is the college coaching world about and what you like and maybe what you don't like. Um, and I can tell you there's uh, a lot of things that you love about South Dakota State, and that starts with Coach Stig and how he's run this program it starts with you guys here, uh, the fans and the support. So when the opportunity came up and they reached out, um, when I heard maybe Coach Bergstrom was going to be leaving, um, I was like, I'll do anything to be there. Um, and so it was that easy. And I, yeah, it was the best decision that could have, best opportunity that could have happened. Well, it's glad it worked out the way it did. It's great to have you back. And you've got a safeties room where uh, if there's a pulse, they're playing this year, the way things have worked out because of some uh, a variety of issues. And Chase at the top of that list, here's a guy who's just – bided his time, dealt with a lot of things. To see him go out and have success, what's that mean to you? It means a ton. I, I, uh, I remind him and I tell all the other coaches as well, and they can see it. Chase is one of the most talented guys we got on this team, um, and it's too bad that he's had the injuries that he's had, but he continues to persevere and fight. Um, when Chase is healthy, he's a difference maker. So I'm excited to see him you know, finish out this last uh, career, this last few months here. It's going to be a fun ride. Um, but again, Chase, is, uh, he really is a difference maker. Um, he's a leader within our group, and the guys look to him, so it's fun to have him back on the field, and we're going we're gonna to keep it that way. So. When Jimmy Rogers sat in that chair a week ago, he made a very interesting statement about how because of all the things you guys have dealt with defensively, in a weird way, it's been a positive in that nobody's really comfortable because there's been so many things that have happened. They all feel like they're one play away from being the guy if they're not the guy, and that's kind of the way things have worked out in that safeties room. There's no doubt. We have guys um, like Colby Herter who stepped up last year and has continued to step up this year, Tucker Large, Matt Durance. Uh, those guys are hard on themselves, and they act like they're juniors and seniors when they make mistakes. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I get it. I'm going to be hard on you. Believe that to me. You just keep <laughs> flying around, keep making plays, and we're going to continue to grow and, and learn as we go. But yeah, I'm proud of those guys. Um, it's been really cool. I think every single, almost every single safety in my group has started a game this year, and so it's fun. It's fun. 
It's crazy. And that safeties group will have its hands full on Saturday because Theo Day and that passing game of Northern Iowa is as good as any you've seen this year. There's no doubt he can really sling it. Um, their skill positions are very talented. Um, and true drop back pass game, which we haven't seen a ton of That's this right. year. So it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a challenge. But I know the guys are, are looking forward to it. We'll get it after this show. We'll be able to go back and start watching some of that film. Mm -hmm. um, and I know we're juiced up and excited for the week and the challenge. For you to have been here as a student athlete, to have uh, seen the progression of this program, to have seen Coughlin Alumni Stadium, now to see Dana J. Dykow Stadium, to see the number one ranking, the turnout of over 19,000, has to be very special. It's very special. Um, it really is. That's one of the, the coolest things about coming when I did. It would be like, oh, yeah, it would have been awesome to be here as a player and have the stadium the entire time. But I, I, that's that's not true. The way I think it was so cool to see that transition from Coughlin to Dana J. Dykehouse now and to see where we're at as a program and the continued success. And, uh, and Chase, uh, I don't know if you believe it or not, but Chase will attest to it that in the, the locker rooms, I've gotten emotional after some of the games, especially at North Dakota State. That was the last game of my career up there. And to see that success, and I, I couldn't be more happy for these guys uh, and super proud of them. It's been awesome. All right, before I let you run, you did allude to the fact that uh, your former girlfriend, now wife, you're back here in Brookings. Tell us about There's more than just the wife, though. you got you got a household here. Yeah, I do Tell have us a household. So uh, Shelby ba Bobbitt now. I was going to say Bauer. <laughs> Shelby Bobbitt um, is my wife. She's from Freeman, South Dakota. We met here when, I, when we were seniors um, in the spring of 2017, and we've hit the ground running ever since. Uh, again, I got, we moved down to Omaha when she got a job there. And so we've, we've bounced around. She's been my biggest supporter um, through all this coaching um, last few years, last coaching. And so now, yeah, we live out on the south side of town. Um, we have our, our puppy, Mila, our dog. It's more than a puppy. It's more than a puppy. I treat her like a daughter. Um, and it's as tall as either one of you <laughs> She's a big sheep-a-doodle, nice and fluffy. So, um, yeah, it, it's good. Things are, things are awesome. That was a, another uh, a, a big bonus to coming back uh, to South Dakota and Brookings was being close to her family and being, instead of 26 hours away from mine, nine hours away from mine. So it's, everything's worked out. It's been an awesome last year. Jess, it's great to have you back. Always good to see you. Good luck on Saturday. Yeah, thank you very much. Jesse Bobbitt, everybody. Thank, thank you, guys. I appreciate you being here. When the John Stigelmeyer Radio Show continues, the head coach rejoins us to recap the victory over Indiana State on Hobo Day. We're live from Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. Stay tuned. This is the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill as the John Stigelmeyer Radio Show continues. And we're talking Jackrabbit football tonight, but uh, we are entering the crossover season right now. Matter of fact, on a Wednesday, it's the Jackrabbit tip-off event. It's a doubleheader for women's and men's basketball at Frost Arena. It starts at 6 p.m. with the women, 8.30 with the men, all sorts of events tied in with that. We'll have radio coverage of that doubleheader starting at 5.30. And then a week from tonight, the season openers for the men and women. I'll be in Akron, Ohio with the SDSU men's basketball team. The women are at home that night night as well and because there's women's basketball at home next Monday and the Monday after we will have our football shows on Thursdays the next two weeks so just make your plans we will still be at six o'clock all the usual setups with radio Cubbies will have the social media aspect of it you're welcome here at Cubbies as well but again we're moving the shows the next two weeks from Mondays to Thursdays because of everything going on. It's fun time to be a Jackrabbit fan, just too many things going on at once. So uh, trying to make sure everybody can, can catch everything going on. Tyler Merriam alongside head football coach John Stigelmeyer. We will talk about Indiana State in depth after we hit on our players of the week, the uh, scout teamers, and also those who played in the game. Yeah, you mentioned there's a lot going on. I, I'm disappointed for our soccer program. They, they suffered a tough loss. Uh, on the weekend and, and really had a really good team and a really good, great record. So 
uh, I know hard how hard that is for a team that competes and, and uh, has had a lot of success. Our scout team guys are Dane Miller on offense, Max Polichuk on defense, Creighton Gannon, Creighton, Creighton Gannon, sorry, uh, special teams, Mason McCormick and Mark Gronowski on offense, Jason Freeman on defense, Jackson Yankee, special teams based on that uh, makeshift punt return he had, and then Savian Williamson is our effort guy. So. Let's just jump right in with that one. Uh, Jaded and Jackson Yankee were both back on punt returns on Saturday. Obviously something you guys had planned from a special team standpoint. Was that specific to this team, or is that something we'll see more of in the weeks ahead? You'll see it uh, depending on the opponent. You'll see two back. Uh, there's a little deception in that because you know, who is getting the ball. That's why we always have our punter yelling and following the, 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 the masses down where the ball's going. Uh, you know that that one took a weird bounce. I think is what what made that thing go. And Jackson and, thought it took a perfect bounce. Yeah, he did right into his <laughs> right into his hands. But you know those guys the, those guys are so instinctive and athletic and and uh, when they get the ball in their hands, good things happen. I joked the first time you sent them both out there if we were going to have a rehashing of what the basement of the Yankee household looked like if they were going to start fighting for the football when it came between <laughs> them. Uh, I, they haven't fought a whole lot, you know. They, you, you look at the games; each one has had their day, you know. Yeah. And they're they're the greatest fan for their brother, and it's really a cool thing to be part of. We've had a lot of twins, brothers, whatever here, but they, they're they're really special. Mark Gronowski is really special as well. Twenty-two of twenty-eight, two hundred thirty-three yards and three scores. He also had a a touchdown run where he kind of ran into the line and spun himself forward and landed in the end zone as well. Uh, I know we talk about him a lot, but. You can see the numbers, you see the performance, but what makes him stand out and be such a successful individual? I, I've said it before, uh, the game moves slow for him, you know, so whereas, you know, for a young guy on the field with all those moving parts and especially a pass rush coming at you, uh, sometimes your focus becomes not what you're supposed to look at. and. Uh, Mark trusts his offensive line, so and he, I wrote on. I watched like five plays of that game, and the first thing I wrote down was Mark does an unbelievable job in the pocket. He stands back there as things cave in and and makes the throw, and he's got a great teacher in Zach Lujan who understands how to play quarterback, and so that's a great relationship. And and uh, uh, you know you're supposed to get better every day. You know that we're all supposed to, and he's doing that. No Adam Bach for the foreseeable future for your program. He doesn't play on Saturday, so in steps Peyton Schaefer. And he and Williamson had played middle linebacker at North Dakota, but they had the full week to get ready for this. Schaefer uh, steps in. And the first two series, it seems like he's in the middle of everything. I mean, I thought Peyton Schaefer, he's only officially credited on the day with four tackles, but he was involved in a lot of things in his first career start. Yeah, again, that position should be because you're the Mike linebacker, you're in the middle. Uh, the thing about Peyton is, is football is really, really important to him, like a lot of our players. And so he studies it. He's, uh, again, that's the way his coach was, Jimmy Rogers. And, uh, and so, uh, again, for a linebacker, the game moves slow for him, too. You know, he's making the checks, he's making the calls, and, and then he's making plays. And so, uh, quiet leader, uh, but I'm really happy for him and, and Savion to, to step up and fill that role. And certainly one thing for Peyton that uh, helps is the fact that his dad, a college football coach, had a number of institutions, including Northern. So he's been around football his whole life. He has, and sometimes that's really good, and sometimes it's a curse. But uh, for him, it was really good. Jason Freeman, a team high, 10 tackles. He went from a second teamer trying to find a way on the field to I feel like you can't take him off the field. Well, he's he's made some plays because of his athletic ability and instincts, and he, he's a pup on our program. I know he's a veteran football player, but yeah. 
that just it, it just doesn't happen. I mean, he the screen against UND where there's three blockers and, and the guy catches it and he tackles it for a three-yard loss, that doesn't happen. You know, guys panic and he just did his job and, and uh, really happy he's part of our team. He's he's a, a, a quiet leader. He was honored today. He was nominated for the best beard. Didn't win, but he was nominated, so that's a good deal. So, uh, uh, again, a great guy to have part of our program. We'll add that to his bio on the website before yes, you click yes, into it next time. We talked about Quinton Hicks playing so well at North Dakota. He's involved in a bunch of plays again on Saturday at uh, tackle and a half for loss, including a quarterback sack. Yeah, he uh, was. I, I think you saw this. He was. Those guys were bouncing around. We'd call pass rush. They'd widen out. They'd check the sidelines. So Coach Smith had him jumping back in, and I think he got. He caught the tackle, wondering where are you going to be, and he went inside and made the sack. So, a uh, big play. Those sacks are hard to get. You know, there's a lot of passes in a game, and you don't you don't have a lot of sacks. And so when you get one, you celebrate. Graham Spaulding had to sit out the first half of this game, but comes in, makes an immediate impact, recovering that fumble to set up a score for him. Yeah, another guy that football is so important. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, he came up and hugged me on the field at Iowa and thanked me for allowing him to be part of the football program. And th those things are so special. Uh, football so special. His family, uh, unbelievable support, uh, you know, from from uh, Florida, so uh, excited. And that young man, he's got celiac or whatever. You know, he doesn't eat any food. He brings all his food on the road. And uh, just an unbelievable dedication to our program. Again, there's so many things that uh, people see a student athlete wearing a jersey on a Saturday. They don't know all the things that go on behind the scenes to get them to that point. And again, some of the uh, the things they have to deal with during the course of a week. Yeah, and that's one of the neat things about the radio show. They get to see these guys with yeah. their helmets off and uh, as seniors. And and uh, you know, Chase has got another year. You know, he's choosing that. I talked to him about that. The last umpteen years, he's missed 14 games because of injuries, and he just said it just wore away at him, and, and just uh, this was a better move. And then he said, hey, I also have a girlfriend that's going to graduate, so I, think, I don't know what the real reason is, but uh, uh, that's good, though. That's good. So We talk about that linebacking core and how you're trying to keep enough guys in the lineup, and then Isaiah Stahlberg gets flagged for targeting. He'll miss the first half. Just out of curiosity, I had somebody else ask me. I'll throw it out to you. Is that one you sent into the office? Uh, to see if it could be overturned, or are you just going to deal with him not playing the we, first half? Yeah, we sent it in, and they've already told us it's targeting. So, okay. which the the sooner the better, so then you can plan sure. uh, accordingly. You know, I I, I don't know if uh, you know as the way it's a kind of a bang bang deal. I think Isaiah's thinking about jumping up and hitting the ball. The kid jumps up, and 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 probably good he jumped up because he might hit him in the head. Yeah. But I mean. Football, the, people get all excited about that. You know, I don't, I don't know what, how many people could control their body and not do that in in that uh, situation. And that's why the, you know, it's a penalty. So, Isaiah Davis, first game back, didn't want to overwork him, didn't need to. Seven carries, 37 yards, but he scored twice. Didn't even stay dressed in the second half. So good to get him some reps, but also I assume precautionary keep him out for the second half. Totally, totally precautionary, and it was smart for him to take off his stuff because he wasn't going to play and. Just take that decision out of our hands, and the score differential helped with that. And and uh, he'll be healthier this this week, and we'll need him to be because you know, as we know, he's a really good player. And Amar Johnson is fully healthy. He's been healthy the last few weeks. We saw that at North Dakota State. Didn't see it as much against UND because you didn't have the ball all that much. Ten carries, 75 yards, and a score for Amar. Yeah, Amar's a good football player, and, and uh, 
you know, uh, I maintain he does it all. You, you, you read those stats off, but how many times has he blocked a blitzing linebacker that's 30 pounds heavier than he is and, and, and kept Mark from getting sacked or uh, allows him some more time? So he's a complete player. He's worked very hard to be a complete player. Andre Crenshaw has done a great job with him and bringing him along, and, and uh, he'll make a lot of plays for us. Kraft and Hines, of course, are the two guys that earn so much attention at tight end, but you got Mike Morgan in there who was operating as a running back at times for you the last couple of weeks that makes a nice sliding touchdown catch for you on Saturday. Yeah, Mike's one of those the guys that he's a favorite of the entire football team. And they, everybody likes everybody, but Mike's one of those guys that – that uh, he's, what he's been through and moving positions and and uh, and just his hard work, a quiet attitude, uh, the the whole the whole team rejoiced with him when he got the touchdown. I imagine another guy who was rejoiced with afterwards was Landon Wolf for getting back on the field. A couple of plays in Grand Forks, but you could tell he was involved in the offense and had two receptions on Saturday. Yeah, Landon, his mom came up from from Oklahoma and and uh, that was good. And I'm glad we got him the ball a couple times. Landon's had a, t a tough go, as we know, and, and uh, still not totally healthy, but he's healthy enough to contribute. And, and just like, like all our guys, I want him to end his, his career to end on a really positive note. Hunter Dustman had two nice punts for you. He didn't need to punt till late in the game, but handled all the kickoffs till the end. Got Jack Green out there again. That's a couple of times this year you've been able to have Green do some kickoffs. Yeah, it's good, and, and we did a lot of kicking in that game yeah. with the, the, the PATs and all the kickoffs. And so that was, uh, honestly, that was Hunter's idea at halftime just okay. to uh, try to uh, get Jack some more That's cool. uh, experience and, and just rest uh, Hunter's leg. And I've always thought, I mean, you kick 15 times and we had linebackers that play 60 plays. I mean, are you really tired? But, uh, 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 you know, I, I'm going to meet with these guys here in a little bit. I'm going to make sure I confess that I said that over the radio. So. Let me try to get you out of trouble and off to a different subject. I'm, okay? I'm not in trouble. I'm the head coach. What? <laughs> Except in the Stigglemeyer household. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's so, see if I got a text no, from my, no. my head coach. Okay. Let's let's give the officials and the replay process a little bit of props here, too, because in the middle of the second quarter, Indiana State scores to make it 21-7, and then you're moving the football and throw a pass that was very close to being a backwards pass. It was initially called on the field as a backwards pass. Indiana State recovers. If there is no replay, it's Sycamore ball at midfield with a chance for them to cut it to a one-score game play gets stopped they review the officials up top look and it was close but it was forward and they overturn that call you go down and score a touchdown that gets lost in the shuffle because it's 49-7 that's a big call that gets overturned well the, the what gets lost in the shuffle is behind the scenes uh the review was down at the start of the game did you know that i did know that and so christy williams is running around for for the for those who don't know uh because christy and i helped set up the replay booth there is a system that's in place and like any computer, sometimes it crashes, and it crashed right before kickoff. Now, there's a backup unit over at basketball, and Christy, bless her heart, ran over, got the other unit, brought it up to football, and got it up and running during the first quarter of play. So replay was indeed uh, operational in time for that big play. Right, yeah, and, and uh, so credit to her, which I didn't know about until uh, Jeff Holmes' email this morning. and. And a lot of those people, I mean, like we talk all the time, there are so many people that contribute to our, our program, from the people that make the food, to take care of the facilities, to Christy Williams running to Absolutely. get a new, new review system. So, But that was a huge play. Huge play. Yeah, huge play. And, and uh, you know, it, it, we depend on them. You know, and yeah. we've, we've seen that sometimes it isn't what we thought it was. You know, that it, it doesn't uh, come out our way, but uh, it's good to have it. 
takes about a half an hour less when we don't have needless reviews either. But that's neither here nor there, Stig. Should you, I get you off the hook now? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> There's a postulate for that. Speaking of postulates, do you have one for us this week, I Coach? I do. I do. It's called the Jimmy Rogers postulate, and he always cringes when I bring this up. But uh, if you know Jimmy Rogers, uh, um, Jesse talked about him, very intense, very committed. Uh, his dedication to South Dakota State football is uh, uh, above and beyond what you can explain. Uh, we recruited him. Uh, he, he shook my hand instantly and committed in his home. And from that moment, he dedicated himself to being the best football player possible. If you took his measurements, you know, his height, his weight, his speed, his vertical jump, all those things, you would say he'll, he's going to be a backup maybe. And he was a two-time all-conference player because of his will and his grit and his, and his commitment to his team and, and the game of football. And he's like that as a coach too. And so my point is when we go out and recruit guys, it's not necessarily what they look like on the hoof or how fast they ran. We have to have guys uh, in the end that, that are dedicated to the game of football. They love practice. That's the way Jimmy Rogers was. And so guys will come back and say, hey, I watched this guy do a reverse, reverse uh, dunk in the, in the gym. And I say, don't forget the Jimmy Rogers postulate, saying we've got to have football players. So that was a long explanation. Where else are you going to hear a phrase, it's not what they look like on the hoof? Okay. <laughs> Only happens here at Cubby Sports Bar. And at Sales Barns. At <laughs> Sales Barns. Are we going to get into the hay? <laughs> Never mind. The John Stigelmeyer Radio Show continues. We'll wrap things up and preview Northern Iowa when you return to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. This is the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill for the John Stigelmeyer Radio Show. Coming down the home stretch, the number one team in the FCS looks to tie a school record with its ninth consecutive win on Saturday. Tall task coming up, though, against a hungry team of Panthers from the University of Northern Iowa, who has won three in a row playing for its playoff lives. We'll get to that in a moment. Got a few questions here for the head coach. Let's get to those right away. Uh, first up, is the game of football getting more physical? That was a question that came in because it seems like there's just a lot more instances of physicality. Is is that the case, you think? Uh, I think uh, the athletes get better every year, and because of that, the the speed, the size uh, maybe uh, adds to that. But I, I think it's always been a physical game. Um, so I, I don't know if it's more physical, but I think the players are better athletes. On Saturday, you had a blue sheet just off of the sideline at the 50-yard line with white dots on them. Some fans want to know what that was all about. That's a special teams gathering area. There's 11 dots. Every special team has 11 guys on it. Uh, we have a guy, Matt Jacobs, our strength coach, that takes role, if you will. He knows who's on the field, who's not, and, and uh, you try to not. That, that's a tough deal, to, you know, with all the things going on the sidelines, try to not have a substitution error. This is a really good one. One of your mantras is last play, and somebody saw that there's last play on the back of some shirts, and it's used in various places with Jackrabbit football, wondering about the history of it and if you've used other things like that in the past. Um, no, I'm not much for uh, 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 slogans and stuff. That really, I think, give, uh, give credit to uh, Luke Meadows, who was our offensive line coach years ago. Uh, and I love Luke Meadows. He's like a son uh, to me. And he had on his board, how do you want to be remembered? And, he, and his point to his players was, if, if today's your last play, how do you want to be remembered what, as a jackrabbit? You know, you, you, you have a concussion, it's your last deal. It's literally your last play. And so why not live life like that? Why not live play the game of football like that where you're totally invested and, and, and giving it everything you got? And, 
And uh, that's why I think our effort ball given out at the end of the awards is the most important because this is the guy that that uh, is a definition of last play. You've talked a lot the last few weeks about Mark Gronowski, how he's seen the game slower. Would you define a little more particularly what exactly you mean by that? Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, take, for instance, his keys. So he's, he, the ball snapped. He's got a route that he's supposed to throw, uh, and, and there's different – parts of that route and uh, he's supposed to see the defense and understand what the defense is playing and then where to go for the route and in a young guy they don't even see the defense they're just looking for this one guy and that's why you see linebackers or quarterbacks throw right to the linebacker because they don't see those things mark on the other hand is seeing the defense it's cover two i know i need to go here these are my options and, and making the right decision and sometimes the right decision is to throw the ball out of bounds because it's better than a sack type of deal. And that's that's uh, the game moving in slow motion too. Maybe the non-football way of putting it is just he understands everything and so it's easier for him to comprehend things. So essentially it's as if it's moving slower. Yeah, yeah. it's just like uh, like somebody that's gifted in math or English. It's just so easy for sure. him. And, uh, and uh, other people, they struggle with the same topic. It's a great question coming up here. I really like this one. It's our last one for you. Which player would come back with the most candy after trick-or-treating? That's a good question right there. Well, it would be a lineman for sure. <laughs> and uh, Offense or defense? Well, I think on defense it would be Caleb Sanders for two reasons. Number one, he's big and he's got the heart of a 12-year-old. So he, he, I think he might be trick-or-treating right now, to be honest with you. Uh, and then on offense, I think because he's kind of mischievous, I think it would be Mason McCormick because he would be out I like there. That pick. I like that pick. All right, let's talk about Northern Iowa. It's a 4 o'clock kickoff in Cedar Falls in the Unidome, and uh, you and I started the year 0-3. 2-4, but as Mark Farley's teams always do, they get better and start playing really well as the year goes along. They've won three in a row, survived a near Hail Mary scare at Southern Illinois that was caught but tackled on the one-yard line. So this is a team, again, 5-4, and four, playing for its playoff live. And do you agree they're playing their best football of the year right now? Without a doubt. They're healthy. Uh, they're they're uh, dynamic in offense. They're very. They're the most physical team we'll face on defense. And I don't. We face a lot of physical teams. Mark Farley's teams are physical. It's like a heavyweight fight. And their special teams are really good. And so uh, it's going to be a great crowd to support those seniors. So we we need to be ready to play our best football. I talked about it a little bit with Jesse Bobbitt, but Theo Day, the quarterback for UNI, is really a special young man, and you look at the numbers he's put up. He has not been intercepted in his last 132 attempts. He's only thrown one pick in the last six games. He's top ten in the country in a number of stats. 19 touchdowns to four interceptions, passing for 275 yards per game, and he's completing two out of every three passes he attempts. Yeah, he's, well, the game moves slow for him, right? <laughs> and uh, so... Coach Rogers and, and our staff is going to have to give him a bunch of looks and change it up and, and rotate here and funnel in this one and just not let him know as surely pre-snap what we're playing. And then a big part of that is our pass rush. If we can get a pass rush on him, that uh, that uh, being able to wait and have a guy open up maybe won't, won't be as easy for him. Eight different receivers have double figures in receptions. On defense, they've gone to more of an odd front lately, it sounds like, switching more from a traditional four to maybe more of some three-man looks, and that's helped them defensively from what I've read. Well, uh I don't know about that. I mean, okay. Again, I watch cutups. I won't, don't watch game yeah. tape. And uh, uh, they play a lot of four man. They play three man with four the four D linemen. They substitute to get. They they've got about every defense. And they, the amazing thing is they play it really well. 
and, yeah. and very physical. And so uh, I, I, the matchup of our offense against their defense is a tough matchup because it's going to be hard to say this is the best play in this situation because you don't know which of these six or seven defenses they're going to be in. You and I, traditionally, a very good football program, yours as well. And over the years, you've had quite a few battles between SDSU and you and I, both down there and up here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, I, I don't know if it's a rivalry, but it's a great uh, game for us, for both of us. And, and, and Coach Farley, I respect him. He's been there a long time like I have. I think he does things right. Uh, his players play hard. You know, Justin knows them, Jenny knows them because they work down there, so they've got a lot of respect for their program. Emotional day for them. It's their final home game of the regular year, and again, they're playing for their playoff lives. They are, and they're used to being in the playoffs. There's a great tradition at UNI. I got my master's there in, in the early 80s, and, and it's kind of one of the things we're getting going. Uh, and so um, they'll, they'll be ready to play their best football. Coach, as always, appreciate the time. Best of luck on Saturday down in Cedar Falls. Thanks, Tyler. That's John Stigelmeyer, the head coach of South Dakota State. Again, kickoff at 4 p.m. this Saturday. Our radio coverage starts at 2 o'clock throughout the Jackrabbit Sports Network. For Jesse Bobbitt, for Chase Norblade, and the coach, I'm Tyler Merriam. We'll see you next time from Cubby Sports Bar and Grill on the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield.